Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is Fig and Lock Coast to Coast. I'm Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Lock. Hey, brother. Uh, good to see you. Um, I see. Uh, I know that you're coming in on the cell phone, but we got you loud and proud. Sounds good. How you been, man? How's your week going? Been going good. Been going good. Uh, you know, the Trump thing this past week we ended our last show on. Looked like it didn't happen at all. <laughs> it was yeah, all it was for a not. A whole lot of nothing, yeah. A lot of nothing, a whole lot of uh, people protesting, New York pinning up barricades, making life harder in New York than it should be, I guess. Uh, but beyond that, yeah, it's been a pretty nice, it's been an all right, nice week. Nothing uh, serious, got kept myself busy with work. How about you, brother? Uh, same, you know, I mean, uh, work kept me really busy this week. Um, I was at work until one night, until like nine o'clock, just trying to get through some briefings. Um, but uh, outside of that, um, my wife's on travel this week, or at least until Wednesday. So, um, it's just me and Alex holding down the fort. Uh, we went out to the science museum today and it was just a beautiful day outside. So it was a perfect day for it. Um, and then cause they have like this whole like science center that's kind of like open with glass and everything. So it's really pretty in there. Um, but than that, man, yeah, we're good. I mean, the week has been good. Can't complain. Um, I think we got some good topics here today. Uh, they're a little less uh, upbeat than our normal show, but I think they're thought compelling. So hopefully, uh, provoke some interesting discussion. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the new Utah social media ban uh, that just got um, it was declared this earlier this week, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about nature versus nurture. Um, we got some interesting thoughts on that, uh, provoked by some articles that broke this week. But first, I thought we'd talk a little bit about our. Um, well, he was our man until maybe recently, and that is Jonathan Majors. Um, you know, if you haven't read the news, uh, John Majors got charged over the weekend with uh, aggravated assault and battery, uh, domestic violence of his, I guess, 30-year-old girlfriend. Uh, the, I mean, media has been all over it in the last two days. It's been a pretty big story. Um, even uh, to the point where some of his past directors have chimed in on what sounds like some uh, behavioral issues that actually kind of indicated that he might be this kind of this kind of person behind closed doors. Um, again, this is all alleged right now, so I'm not going to point fingers, but it is it is kind of crazy that a man, a, ri- a rising star of this nature, is getting hit um, right now. So. I don't know if you heard about it so if, or have any thoughts on it, um, but I'll turn it over to you real quick. Uh, I have heard about it. Um, yeah, there are alleged uh, allegations. Uh, apparently, his girlfriend, he talked about something stemming from a uh, <clears throat> from a taxi. In, uh, they had a taxi situation where they're in a taxi, and the girl was yelling at him. Um, so right now, I mean, he's saying he's innocent, um, and he said he's innocent of all charges. He has evidence of it as well. So um, he's still my man. I'm not dropping him. Um, I think people are very quick to drop people nowadays. It's uh, trying to be on the right side of history. And it's usually uh, people, liberals. Liberals are very quick to like drop people and just be like liberal companies and stuff like that because they want to be on the good side of history. And sometimes being on the good side of history means sometimes they pass judgment before full judgment has been placed. Uh, we saw with the, I mean, Justin Rowland with uh, Rick and Morty, he just came out. They just said that uh, he's not innocent of charges, but his charges have been dropped. 
So that doesn't mean that he's not he's not innocent per se. Uh, maybe he's settled out of court or something like that. Um, but you know, he's he's saying that, and he and even in his like uh, statement after he didn't like say I'm innocent or like that. He just kind of like gave a non apology and kept it pushing. You know what I mean? Whatever. But Jonathan Majors, I think uh, this might be a little it's a little hip hip hiccup right now. Not surprises happening right now. He's one of the hot men in the Hollywood right now. He's in the last what two years. He's had like he's been a part of like multiple films. Creed, he has Creed, Adam, um, Ant Man. I mean, um, he has other things in line. He has another movie he's supposed to be to take place. He has like an army, um, an army news like a, a recruiting ad. A lot of different stuff. So not surprises happening when you get when you blow up. Um, clout chases are there. Uh, I'm not uh, saying that the his woman, his girlfriend, is um, in the lying or like that. But I'll, I'm gonna wait to see how it all shakes out. Because sometimes in situations like this, it's um, the star is the one that goes down, and maybe it could have been two way street. Maybe she hit him too. It might be a two way, kind of like Chris Brown Rihanna. That's what I think of Chris Brown. Chris Brown and Rihanna. Rihanna hit Chris Brown. Chris Brown hit Rihanna back, you know, and he's always been that guy. And he's his career still goes along, but people still know him for the guy who hit Rihanna, even though they've uh, made up and they've they've done they've done a show with each other before and all that. So it's it's what it is, you know. I mean, we'll we'll see how it shakes out. We'll we'll keep we'll keep y'all tuned on what's happening with this. Yeah, it's um. Again, you know, there are allegations at this point. So, you know, I, I think it would be inappropriate to cancel him as so many people, as you know, as you pointed out, which is, you know, the buzzword. Um, I do think that in Hollywood, though, they are very, they have, they, they have to be, or they have become, and they have to be very sensitive to the, vic, the alleged victim, right? Um, given what happened, you know, like how Harvey, like what happened with Harvey Weinstein, Stuff that with R. Kelly, um, you know, when you have, and even I would say even now with the most recently with like Ezra Miller, like if you if you don't take it seriously, um, you know, then it looks like you are emboldening a person who has a voice, right? Like people know Jonathan the Majors, they don't necessarily know his girlfriend, so you know, like he has a voice that. That, that people are going to listen to what he says is going to matter compared to the girl, you know, and what she says. So, um, I think Hollywood has become sensitive to that, you know, like, and they're, I mean, I, um, so I, I think it's, I mean, I think it's worthwhile that I think there's some, I, I can see why there is something that something behind people coming out of the woodwork and saying, Hey, we need to take this seriously. Cause I think, um, you know, because of what's happened in the past with Hollywood and how they've treated celebrities and protected celebrities, um, the pendulum has a tendency to swing drastically the other direction. Um, but that being said, you know, I mean, I hope it's, I hope that it is a, was a, is not as bad as it sounds. Um, I will say that even if she did hit him, that doesn't make it excusable. Um, because I think he has a right to defend himself. I don't think he, based on what I hear, I don't think he has a right to like, choker or um or beat her severely 
uh, based on, but again, like uh, the reporting I have, it varies from various from report to report as to the extent of the injuries. Um, but I mean, I, I agree, you know, the best you can do is just wait and see, uh, what happens. Um, but I mean, I think it's, in, it was interesting to hear some of the comments from some of the past directors that have worked with them. Um, you know, normally in Hollywood, a lot of people become, are very quick to come to a person's defense. So I, especially those that have worked with them, I thought it was interesting. It does add an interesting wrinkle that the, these two directors came out on Instagram or Twitter, one of the two, and were basically like, oh yeah, like this guy is a sociopath. Like this guy is, a, um, this guy is an abuser. Um, and we saw it on set daily. And, you know, usually you see the opposite. You see, I, I've known this person for a long time. I've never seen this behavior. Or, uh, you know, I worked with this person. He was absolutely great. I can't imagine this being the case. So I find that an interesting wrinkle to this discussion, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, character witnesses um, definitely go a long way. So the fact he has, he's kind of lacking on them right now, uh, it's, we, we it's, uh, wait to see what how this plays out and why. No one's speaking out for him or anything like that. The truth telling will be what his role is going to look like in the next six to, six to one year from now. Like what it's going to look like. That's the that's the true. Uh, that'd be the true test. What it looks like. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if there were some developments in work that are currently on pause. I I, I have a I, and given that you know a lot of those developments are Marvel related. I wouldn't be shocked if Disney and Marvel were looking, following this with very keen interest because I mean, heck they fired Gina Carina on some, you know, on some tweets. <laughs> uh, if it, if there's anything to this, to these allegations, I have a sneaking, sneaking suspicion that his future in the MCU is going to come to a screeching halt because unlike Warner brothers, Disney and uh, Marvel don't play around. <laughs> if you have any kind of history, of violence they uh even like i think um like they almost canceled hawkeye because jeremy renner had some allegations i think against him of some of domestic abuse or something if i remember correctly and it became very controversial for a short minute um but i guess there was uh i think he was either absolved or he where it was all worked out because he was able to hawkeye obviously was released and uh um I don't know if there's a, that character has any more future beyond Hawkeye, but um, I know that they uh, obviously released a show, and um, he's not, as far as I can tell, he has not been removed from the MCU. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, yes, yes, I will. Um, also, this week, uh, as we mentioned, uh, moving on to our next topic, Utah uh, put in place a ban on social media for uh, teenagers. Um, it's mostly a curfew from what I can, what I've read, uh, teenagers are not supposed to be on social media between 1030 and 630, 1030 at night to 630 in the morning. Uh, they're going to request or demand that, you know, age verification checks being put in place in social media. And it even sounds like a lot of their responsibility on monitoring. This is going to fall on the parents, um, depending on where you sit on, you know, one side of the debate, you know, this is an absolutely necessary thing due to protecting the child's, a, a child or a teenager's mental health. 
as well as ensuring that we don't uh, um, hinder their development. And on the other side of it is, you know, um, you know, the access to free speech, uh, the ability to express yourself when you want to do it, um, you know, having access to the Internet. You know, you, sh you have the inherent right to have access to the Internet when you want to when, um, or uh, and where you want to. Um, but I think there's some, I, I, you know, being a parent myself and, you know, ha and and seeing how quickly how addicting these things are. I, I gotta say, I, I tend to agree with some of the the measures that are being put in place, but I don't know what are your initial thoughts. Well, my initial thoughts, um, initially, I was kind of like, "Whoa, that's crazy," but then um, I let it uh, let it marinate for a second, think about it, and it, it's uh like being a parent. I understand you don't want your kid on the phone all night like that. However, it being like a law is it sounds corny. It gives a real energy because you're not going to. There's no way that the police is going to stop by your house and going to, you know, like give you a citation because they knew your son was on the phone twelve thirty night on Tuesday, March fifteenth or something. Like it's just not going to happen. You know, yeah. they're going to. This is going to come down to parenting again. So well, yeah, just like they, how books are being taken away from kids and stuff of like that, it's all down to parenting. If I don't mind my 17-year-old to be on their phone at 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday, you know, you, you, I can't be like, well, it's the law. Turn your phone off. In this world, people are taking away literature because they feel that the context is crazy and like that. And which that's in uh, that subject alone, it has got me, got me more bugging because I'm kind of of the mindset that I, I don't remember my mom having or my dad having an influence on what I was taught in school. You know, somebody who went to school, got a degree, got a master's degree, figures out, hey, this is good curriculum for a child. And now these parents are coming out of the woodwork saying that, don't teach my kid this. I want my kid taught this. I want my kid taught this uh, about history. It's history. Sorry that history isn't, you know, like yellow moons and pink rainbows. You know what I mean? There's some sad part of history here. That's how it works. Your forefathers and foremothers had tough times. White, black, Filipino, whatever. You know, so that's crazy. So the idea that they're going to pass this law in Utah, you know, saying that, hey, it, it sounds great on paper. And no parents could be like, oh, I don't agree with this law because no kids should be up past 1030 at night on their phone. You know, what I mean, I, I wouldn't want my child four o'clock in the morning watching a TikTok four o'clock in the morning. What the hell are you doing? You know, what I mean, that's that's weirdo energy for a kid. You know, what I mean, that, that's deeper rooted. And then you as a parent, you should take the phone away from your kid anyway. You feel your kids on the phone that much. It shouldn't be a law. So it's just, it's, it feels more grandstanding. It's just like we're showing that we could, we're on the right side looking out for kids. But are you? Because you're not helping the kids out where they really need it. And you're just limiting their cell phone time. Isn't helping the future kids, helping the future children become great adults. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot there, you know, that you hit on the head. And I think, well, since you mentioned it, well, 
Um, you know, the House did recently just pass the new um, uh, Parent Bill of Rights bill uh, by r- roughly by a fairly narrow margin. I think it was like two two thirteen to like two oh eight. I mean, it was it was tight. Uh, especially since the Republicans have the majority right now. Um, and then, uh, you know, I don't think I'll make it past the Senate out there, obviously, uh, given that that's the Democratic majority. But um, it was interesting. You know, I, I think you, you're absolutely right. I mean, there is kind of a weirdness going on right now where, like, um, you know, parents are, are um, parents are meant to have a, a feel they need to have a say in everything. Um, and, I, and I totally agree with you that when it comes to education, I think that's one of the weird places where I think parents um, parents should have some say in how they want their child's education to be conducted. However, they should not be so empowered that the school system can't can, feels afraid to develop a, a comprehensive curriculum or feels the need to remove books from a library. Uh, I mean, like you said, history is history, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and we shouldn't be afraid to teach the good and the bad and the indifferent. Um, and no one should have, should feel ashamed about what has happened. You should, you should feel ashamed if you're not willing to make it right. If you view history and you go, well, that sucked, but oh well, then then you should feel ashamed. But if you 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 learn you, but what you if you what you learn makes you move in a direction that says, hey, we got to do better then that's good that's great um but at the same time i i mean i i you know i mean granted when i was growing up my parents tend to be a little bit more are more are a lot more progressive than most so like you know for me like my mom you know always talked about how some of her best friends in the navy were were gay so like for us like we were taught very early on that there's nothing wrong with you know with 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 with, with gay people so when i met my first gay person in high school it didn't even like it didn't even phase me it was just kind of like oh wow okay this, they, so they do exist um but it wasn't like it didn't like i didn't wasn't offended by it in any way shape or form and even then like the you know it's not like i think um it was just a normal like knowing him was like knowing any other person that i knew like um and then uh you know so i um but I can I respect the fact that there are parents out there who are more conservative, and you know, um, like I'll, I'll be one of the first people to admit I, I have a hard time accepting the idea of changing, like the simple notion of male and female. Like I like you know I mean um, if if a person deter- wants to make a decision to transition or to be transgender, that's their business. And I, and I, I've nothing, I'll never get in the way of that. That's your right as an individual that you have, like, if you feel you have a mental condition, gender, distru- gender dysphoria, and the only way for you to remedy that situation is for you to transition, then, Hey, you know what? You got the money to get the surgery, knock yourself out. What I disagree with though, is this idea that we need to change the con- what we consider to be the conventional meaning of male and female, because that is science. That's basic biology. Male and female exists in everything. It exists in plants. It exists in animals. It's the only way that, 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 that something can reproduce. And while you could point to, granted, some reptilians are able to change their gender, they change it so that they can reproduce. 
They don't change it because they have a mental condition that tells them that they that informs that they are a different sex. Um, so when I think when we start trying to change the conventional norm of, hey, we need to have we we need to have, you know, transgender bathrooms or, you know, we need to get away from this idea of male and female that starts getting under my skin a little bit. And that's why I do like, I, I mean, I, maybe I have a little more conservative position on it. And that's why I like, you know, when I start thinking about the school that I want my son to attend to, like, I think that the school needs to protect those individuals from, you know, from, from, you know, from being isolated. But at the same time, I don't think it should necessarily enable the changing of what I would consider like basic biology. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I can, I, I can understand why some parents would be upset if they're uh, about this, uh, about a school that is, you know, has a slightly more progressive agenda than I think that the, that then that they want. Um, and then as it relates to back going back to the social media thing, like I agree, like no, obviously no kids should be on social media past ten thirty. I think back to when we were kids and instant messenger was the hotness, and uh, oh. you know we'd be up until um, you know I can remember being up until like twelve. You know I think having sleepovers with you guys in my house, we'd be up till twelve in the morning talking to people on instant messenger and like. You know, you're 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 just glued to a screen, looking at blue light for like hours on end, waiting for someone to respond to your what essentially was a text message. Um, but I mean that I mean, you know, every I think every teenager has every generation has that at some point. I mean, if I had to guess, when the radio came out, there were probably kids that were listening to the radio until God knows when, or when when television came out, I mean, granted the broadcast day typically ended around 12. So at least you knew that the, the, you know, the broadcast day was going to come to an end at some point. Um, and then when, you know, telephones and then, or the, or the proliferation of the telephone, like teenagers have been on the telephone talking to their friends, you know, running up phone bills forever, you know, social media is just the next step in that evolution of that process. And parents have always had to put boundaries and limitations on all those things. So I agree with you, like to put it into law seems a bit ridiculous to me when, you know, either it should just be, a, we should probably should be more along the lines of, Hey, parents, stop being lazy, take an interest in what your kid is doing and make sure that like, they're not like online till two in the morning, bullying some child or, you know, or, you know, creating an OnlyFans page. Exactly. Because I, you hit it around the head. Parents, pay attention to your kid, man. Like, a lot of these wars we hear about this whole fake wokeness, like, bullshit to even, like, parents talking about, like, their kids, like, you know, talking about their kids and, like, their sexuality and like that. Understand now. Uh, elementary school, I do in the 90s, you know, I knew nothing about like that. You know what I mean? Really? I mean, I was a guy I like girls. That's it. Call it a day. Middle school. I didn't encounter anything like that either. And when I was in high school, I did, but it didn't, you know, uh, people of home, like homosexuality, but I, you know, it's, it wasn't me. So I didn't care. I, it, it, it's not me. I felt like it was my mind. I, I just thought about it as more of a click. You know, we had the goth kids, you had the burnouts and you had the gay kids like these kids, like, like other men, other women. So what? You know what I mean? It doesn't make them different, you know? And nowadays, because parents aren't parenting, parents aren't paying attention to their kids and their phones are teaching their children. They're learning earlier 
they understand what being gay is in third grade. You know what I mean? They understand that. If I was a seven-year-old, I'm at school, and my mom and dad pick me up, and I saw another person had two guys pick him up. You know, he goes up, and my friend walks off with two guys. I'm going to be like, yeah, his dads are gay. I'm like, this is just two dudes picking up his, picking up my friend. You know what I mean? Parent, like, adults, we put too much pressure on kids to think like we think. Kids don't think on that level. Some do, but at, at but the ones that do, that have the most intelligence think like that, they're not going around spewing some manifesto trying to take over a school over here. You know what I mean? They're just living. They just want to have fun. Uh, they, I mean, kids can't be kids, but we have to be adults too. And we have to educate our kids. And, and the fact that these parents want to be lazy and be like, all right, well, they're going to limit. Why, why can't you limit what your kid sees on your phone? Why can't you take your kid's phone away from them at 9 o'clock? Actually give them an actual clock in the room and not a cell phone to wake up to. You know what I mean? Like, there's other things parents could do, but if they choose not to, that's on them. So oh, yeah. they want to look like they've done something great by passing some law, you know. And I think it's, I think me and you, we stand exactly on the same on this subject. It's a joke. Yeah, well, I think too. I mean, I think that I, I, you know, it's funny. This idea of parental laziness is almost a topic in itself because, like, I feel like. So much has this become has become necessary because parents are getting lazy, or they're and, and maybe it's not lazy is a strong term. I mean, there's a lot of parents out there that they have to no. that, like you have you need you need two jobs to survive in a lot of places these days. So like I, I, I'm ashamed to admit it. Like my like my son's school is his childcare because we Mar Marcy and I have, are dual income parents. Like. We need like we like we need the school to look after him for six hours a day to make sure that we're able to do our jobs. And so, um, you know, but I do feel like, you know, this like, for example, like this you know, parents bill of rights really is about lazy parenting. I mean, it's, it's parents. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, a minute. wait, 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 wait. You shouldn't be ashamed that you and your wife have to work and the school system is there watching your child because that's. Your situation is 90-something percent of the world. There's very few people out there that can, literally has the man go off to his six-figure making half a million-dollar job while the wife sits at home watching the child and clean the house. It, it's so rare. You know, me, me and my wife, we're what you'd call a dual-income family. And, you know, our son goes to school. You know, we, dr we drive him to school and we pick him up after, we pick him up after school. It's just... Right. What it but is. I guess. But I guess my point, I mean? point. But but, but the, I guess the point I'm trying to get at is like, my expectation of the school is not to like the expectation. My expectation of the school is to like make sure my son is safe during the day while he's there and he's learning something. Correct. Right. Like I've talked. Yeah. We've talked. We've interviewed the teachers. We we understand the curriculum. We know what they're teaching them. Like so, my expectation. My expectation is like keep him safe while he's there so that nothing, no harm comes to him. And make sure that he he's he learns whatever the curriculum is. And so far, they've been successful at that. If they weren't, we wouldn't keep them, right. keep them there. And I think that's well. I think I would argue that most parents are their expectation probably lies. Like keep my son safe, and make sure that they under, they understand the curriculum. I think where we have where where we have issues is that, or where we want to where 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 bills like, you know, uh, parent bill of rights and then all this other stuff is that.
what like the definition of what's keep my son's what's the definition of keep my child safe? Is it simply that he shows up and leaves each day and makes it home, or it, uh, but yet doesn't fa- but and, but faces no but is but is in complete comfort throughout the entire day? And what I mean by that is like like he doesn't understand like he never has to endure conflict. So like 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 if like if he encounters conflict between other between students, we'll call it bullying for lack of a better term. Is a school responsible to you know for you know to um, intervene at that point, right? Some would argue yes, some would argue no. It depends. I would argue that. Who would if, argue no? What yeah. do you mean? Well, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I, if I, a child's I, in not, danger, I wasn't going to take a stance on it. I, I think I would agree with you. Like conflict is a part of life. If you if if the school protects if you the school and i.e. the parents and protect their child from conflict, then what kind of per- child are you raising? I think if you know in that particular in that particular case, right? In that particular case, you know, when my son comes home and tells me that he's being bullied, my expectation is not to go and tell the school that my son is being bullied. It's my job as a parent to teach my son how to protect himself and to stand up for himself. That's what builds character, right? Like now, if you know, I would I would argue, but my, I would argue though that if my son is being jumped by five people. Well, that goes beyond the basic ability to protect yourself from one person. So therefore the school does have an obligation to jump in because like, you know, you're taught like the odds are stacked against you at that point. Um, another example would be like, you know, now, so we talked about bullying, but what about like, okay, so now I'm a parent and I have, let's say I have a son that has decided that he is gay. Is it the school's job to protect his, his sexual identity? Right? So, if um i i and i don't i don't know that it is other than beyond the fact that the school needs to make sure that he continues to be treated or is a, allowed to be treated the same way as everyone else regardless of how his sexuality how he identifies himself if he identifies himself as gay then he still, my son still needs access to all of the of the curriculum, just like every other child. And if he's being isolated in any way, shape, or form, then I think the school has an obligation to protect him. So I, I think my, the point I'm trying to get at is, you know, is keep my child safe means a lot of things to a lot of different people. And then the curriculum obviously has means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Like I think math is math. But even then, like how you teach math changes from person to person. Um, science, I would think most people would argue that science should be pretty black and white. But even then, like the th- like the theory of evolution and creationism are at odds in certain places. Or um, you know, and the social sciences, forget it. Like it gets even more like like you would think like history. Again, you think it should be black and white, but history even too is depends on who the lens with which you look at it through. I mean, historians will t- I mean, history majors wouldn't exist if history was black and white because everybody looks at history slightly differently and th- and learns different lessons from it in every in, in every iteration. So like like so I, again, like when we took at those true criteria, keep my child safe, teach them the curriculum, the curriculum changes from region to region and how you define that curriculum changes from region to region. So it's, um, but again, I don't see it as the, the, the state's job 
to do that work. The, 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 it's my job. So if my son comes home and says, hey, dad, I learned this in school today. What are your thoughts on it? It's my job to say, son, I disagree with that, and here's why, and here's some other things you can read to kind of, kind of back up that argument. I'm not going to call the school right away and be like, why are you teaching my son that? That's not the school's job. The school has their curriculum. I have decided as a parent to let to him learn that curriculum since I sent him to that school. If I disagree with it, it's my job to then provide, put in the course correction and let him know my stance on it. Um, that's kind of how I feel about it. Like That's where I'm saying, like I think the reason why these things exist is because parents have become lazy. They're not willing to have the tough questions answer with their children and when the tough questions do come instead of just telling them hey son like i understand you learned it that way but here's why it's wrong and i'll show you why and they would go back to the school and they start like well i can't believe you taught my son this or my daughter this and you let them read this like you know this is a little, i want it's they, they want it removed and that's not necessarily the answer i don't know if that makes all sense but no it makes sense it makes sense because you're right that's they're scared of the hard conversations you know they don't want that conversations because i remember one time um with the what a couple years ago when um the word crt was the boogie word you know um people would say oh well one lady said that her her daughter came home and said like mom is me being white am i wrong for being a white person is being a white person a, a bad thing and she's like, my daughter's being taught this. Like, no, you know what I mean? And you could, I, I, you don't eliminate the curriculum. I would go back to the teacher and be like, maybe the teacher's teaching it the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like, that's an issue. Like, because unfortunately, you know, teachers, because you could, wow, this, this is going down a deep rabbit hole. Like, you could go to these teachers being taught how to be educators in college. And their professors are scared to teach a certain way or, or to challenge them because they have a survey that they have to uphold to by their students or they could lose their job. So a lot of these, a lot of times these professors, unless they're tenured, are like, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, you got it, A plus, blah, blah, blah. And they're not teaching them how to really be an educator. So they're all learning how to teach people in different ways in their own way. And not every way is the right way. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of ways are good, but a lot of ways are bad. So I'm not saying all teachers are good out there either. Um, so there is a, I think there's an ebb and flow. But parents showing up at the school board yelling about my son reading about a book about Roberto Clemente, who's a baseball player, and how he, a son of sharecroppers, grew to be a well, baseball great is a bad thing for the curriculum is outrageous, you know? And, and, and it's like, why, why are we doing this guys? Yeah. So again, it's, like, uh, well, it's, yeah. that's another thing too. Like we should know, we should never be afraid of like, of books. Like you shouldn't like a, a book should not, you should never be so afraid of a book that you feel the need to remove it from a, from a curriculum or from a school or from a library. Like again, like, you know, if you're like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's like, it's, it's like exposing your kid to anything, right? Like, you know, for example, I'll give you a good example, actually. I decided finally to let Alex try to watch like all of Star Wars. Like, we were, it was Friday night. We, I was like, he was, he had some time for a bed. And, and I was like, you know, do you want to put a movie on? He said, yeah. So, what do you want to watch? And he was like, I want to see Puss in Boots again. I was like, we watched it like five or 10 times at this point. 
So I was like, well, why don't we, how about Star Wars? You want to watch Star Wars? And he said, yeah, because he knows Star Wars a little bit. He knows who Grogu is and all that other stuff. So uh, we sat down and started watching it, and he's like, he's like, that's Darth Vader. He's bad. And I was like, yeah, he's pretty bad. He's like, does he steal? I was like, yeah, he probably steals. He's like, does he hurt people? I'm like, yeah, he hurts people. He's a bad guy. He's a bad person. And he was like, okay. Somewhere, like, you know, the movie goes on, and it gets to that point where, like, it, it goes to that point where, like, Luke's on uncle get killed by the empire right so he rushes back to the family house and there they are like they're all like the burnt skeletons are on the ground whatever and and alex is like well daddy what happened and i said well son like the empire came and they did some they they hurt those people they they killed them they're dead and he's like they're dead and he's like yeah i was like that he's like that's sad isn't it i was like that's very sad the point of it what i'm trying to get to is that like Anything we expose our children to, we have to be willing to talk to, have discussions about these things, and try to ha- and, and ensure that our children understand what's happening. So, if our son reads, if your son reads a book in school that has some controversial themes in it, just have a discussion with him about it. Like, sit down and ask him, okay, you read this book, it has some controversial themes in it. What are your thoughts on it? And if you disagree with the way that they're disagree with their mindset on it, then show them why either a why they're wrong. But also, B, if you think they might be right or they have a perspective that it might actually be good, like, enforce that perspective. Like, we shouldn't be afraid for our children to challenge how we think on things. That's, I think that's part of the problem, too, is that, like, these parents want their children to be clones of themselves in the way that they think and their uh-huh. ideas on things, their worldview. Yep. And we need to let our kids be our their own people, like. It's. I fully expect that my son someday will have a worldview or an opinion on something that is 180 out of mine, and I can either try to squash if it's bad. Like if I know it's really bad, obviously I need to squash it. But if it's not necessarily bad, but just d- different than the way I think, I should applaud him for that. Absolutely. You know, I you, well said, well said, friend. Um, side note: Here's a funny thing, though. In the same state of Utah. They have uh, this per- person actually is taking it to court to um, the Bible because the Bible has sexual content in it and they want the Bible removed from the school now. And a person did it and like it's got like the Utah senators and state senators of Utah like an uproar because like I can't believe they're doing this. And I'm like that person, whoever did this, probably out the same way when they saw the book that were being removed. Like I can't believe y'all are doing this. Well, I know a book that has violence and sexuality and all that and it's my son or daughters reading this at school and they shouldn't be doing that yeah and it's so it's it's, it's gonna be funny how that plays out but it's you know um it's interesting yeah i mean i, I just i don't know like i think obviously you know you have to as parents we have to decide when is best to expose our children to certain things like you know am i afraid to expose my child to death obviously not do I want to expose him to like the gore of horror? Like, do I want him to watch Saw right now? No, like he doesn't need to see that. I but like, but I think it comes down to like it is it's for us side, but then it's kind of like you you would know your child, right? And yeah. you would know your child's emotional intelligence is. You know, what I mean, I remember being a young child, and the thriller music video scared me. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Ghostbusters for the first time and seeing a taxi driver drive that taxi like after the ghost came out and his face it scared me i remember that to this day because it's like yeah, it was like oh my god it i made a huge out. i made a huge miscalculation when we were at disney because i like so uh alex was like 
we were, we were, it was funny. So we're at Disneyland in Tokyo and we come out of the castle and I'm like, Hey, do you want to ride the, the merry-go-round? He's like, no. I was like, and then I looked over and like, like small world, there was no lines. You want to go to small world? Cause these are all obviously in my mind, these are safe, like great rides for a little four-year-old. And he's like, no. And we walk by and he sees this big mansion. He's like, what's that? I was like, that's the haunted mansion. He goes, is that, are there ghosts in there? I was like, yeah. He's like, can we ride that? I was like, yeah, and because in my head, I, what I remembered of that ride was that it was like more cartoony than anything because they're, like, they're singing and they're dancing and like blah blah blah. So in my head, I was like, oh yeah, he'll that's no big deal. Oh my god! And it, as we're, we're in line, and he's like all excited, he's like, yeah, dad, he's gonna be ghosts. I can't wait to see some ghosts and blah 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 blah. So we get up there, we get to the door, and he's still excited. I'm like, oh man, he's he's still excited. This is gonna be all right. I guess we're gonna be doing okay. As soon as that door closed behind him and you're in that first dark room and they have like that animated picture that like slowly turns from like a person to like a skeleton, he started losing his shit. <laughs> so then like, oh, and then fuck, like, then you, I don't know if you remember the ride and then like the, the floor starts to sink and like you look up and they have the skeleton that's hanging from the rafters. You saw that skeleton flash and the thunder. He was done he was like i want out <laughs> like like in the end and i'm like well, at this point like, you have to ride like there's nowhere you there's nowhere for you it's to go too late. yeah gone too far yeah so like we got on the ride he like had his hand under my lap the entire time you know and he even like as i forgot like the first part of that ride is actually pretty scary like you know they, they got the candelabra floating in the hallway there's a you pass by a casket that's opening with a skeleton hand they got the door shaking with something trying to get out and there's the the crystal ball with the head in it, and I was like, oh man, I completely forgot about all this other shit. And then you get to the ballroom <laughs> scene with the goat, and he, I was like, look, son, look, they're dancing. He like pops his head up, he looks, and he's like, ah, and he like puts his head back down on my lap. And then we get to the part where you're in the graveyard, and again, this in my head, it was like it's just all like they're all kind of like goofy and they're dancing and singing. But then like I forgot that there are still other parts of that where there's like zombies like popping out of the ground and. I was like, oh, man, I totally miscalculated this. And then I started thinking about when I first went on it at the age of six. I did the same exact thing. And I was two years older than him when I first went on it. So, like, I totally miscalculated the, the haunted mansion. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Alex. That's tough. Yeah. But at any rate. Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, I think, I think the point here is that like, you know, just as parents, we got to remain engaged and we need to stop relying on the, on the government to try to raise our children for us. Cause if the government tries to do it, it's going to be all fucked up. Yeah. Um, so I guess last thing, uh, you know, discussion item we'll close on and, uh, and this kind of, it's actually kind of related to what we've been talking about and it, it and it's kind of it's kind of it's a sad subject, but I'm I'm just curious what your thoughts are on it. So I read an article this week. There was a boy, and I can't remember where at now, in the United, somewhere in the United, in Midwest, who oh no, it was Florida. Yeah, I think it was Florida. Um, there was a boy who fatally he got sentenced this week to forty years in prison um, for stabbing first stabbing a girl 13 year old girl to death he was 14 at the time she's 13 and it was pre apparently it was premeditated like he had already basically told friends i don't know if it was all all on social media or some of it was in person but the point is he told friends like he intended to kill somebody that day 
um during during the sentencing like obviously you know um they offered the the boys grandparents at least the, the article i read it was just the grandparents they mentioned they offered the grandparents an opportunity to 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 speak on his behalf and she mentioned like please like you know they're still good in him like show some mer- like show some mercy and uh the judge made a comment like uh, you know obviously he was raised in a decent environment but you know obviously he got they gave him the, i think they gave him the max sentence they could give him for his age at the time and it got me thinking about are like okay let's assume for a moment he was raised in a in a positive environment and that means that like he and himself did this evil act so does this challenge nature versus nurture like are there people born in this room in this world who are just evil for lack of a better term it even made me recall another article from years ago about a boy who lit another boy on fire because they had a disagreement um, and then there was more more recently the kid that came to school and shot his teacher in Port and Newport News because they had a disagreement. Like, you know, is you know, are these all kids who are raised wrong, or is there something inside of them, their genetics, that gives them a proclivity to to violence? And I was just curious what your thoughts were on that. Um, uh, that's. Hmm. I would say that it, some of it is the kids are raised wrong, and I'm not going to put it on, like, because you hear people will say, oh, well, kids that are raised in two-parent homes have a better, like, they'll, they could pull any statistics for anything, and it's like, all right, kids come in a two-parent home, whatever, they have a better chance of living a better life than a kid comes from a single-parent home, and that's just, I, I hear you on the facts, on that but i think it's a load of shit because it it comes down to parenting there's single parents out here that put in work with their kids and the kids turn out great you you see it all the time we're gonna see the nfl draft in the next like few weeks there'll be guys getting drafted about to make an nfl they're gonna shout out their mom because their dad's long gone and their mom was there the entire trip like their life helping them get where they need to go you know and for these grandparents to like, I understand their plea because they see their grandchild as probably the baby that's innocent. But like you said, it's premeditated murder of stabbing to death this cheerleader. And you got 40 years, good. Because that person, that, that cheerleader's parents can't get her back. There's no mulligan. There's no 20 years out on 20 years because of good behavior for her. She's gone. You know, and it makes me think of the time a couple years ago when the Duke lacrosse team um had that stripper and then they raped that one woman and then the judge gave her a lenient sentencing because oh well i won't throw his life away over one bad decision oh one bad decision you know what i mean or what about the kid that shot up the uh he, he the kid that shot up the church in charleston south carolina you know and it was like oh well you know they, they're they're trying to make excuses for him and it's like, no, your crime is your crime. Because I don't see it really happen the other way. I don't see that happen for people of brown. I hear a lot of people of brown skin tend to get arrested. And then it comes out, oh, this person served 28 years in jail. And they were found innocent because of the evidence. New evidence showed he didn't do the crime at all. You can't give him back 28 years of his life for a crime he didn't do. So um, I, I just think that as parents, 
we we uh I had a guy. I can't, I know I keep jumping around, but I had a guy at my job tell me a really good quote the other week, a couple weeks ago. And he's like, "Hey, in this world, a lot of people are raising their sons to be punks." And I was like, "Damn, that kind of hit me." Because as parents, we have to we could do what we could do, like you said with Alex, with your son Alex. You're you're putting in that work. Yeah, the school is watching your son while you and your wife are at work. But when you guys come home, you're making sure Alex is, you know, learning, make sure he's living according to how you feel his life should be at. And I'm pretty sure as time goes on, you're spending weekends with him, showing him art exhibits, showing him culture. So he's getting he's becoming well-rounded child. You know, as he gets older, you're going to make sure he does his homework and everything else. Make sure he does his assignments, you know, challenge him to become a better person. But when he becomes 18... He has to make, when he's like 17, 18, he has to make some choices based off the past experiences that you gave him and you showed him what's right and what's wrong and instill discipline and responsibility and accountability. You know what I mean? Unfortunately for this child, he thought it was I, I, his anger management because unfortunately that's the thing that parents don't, we don't have psychology degrees to help, help our children out where they have anger management issues. My stepson, he has anger management issues. He gets really mad playing video games and he throws stuff because he gets upset and he's usually like, stop. You know what I mean? Because he gets so frustrated. And unfortunately, I don't know how to really solve that other than shutting down whatever he's doing and try to talk to him. But usually he's kind of like, oh, I'm just mad at that and I'm, I'm better now. I, I would hate to think that he would be so mad at somebody one day that he would take his anger out on somebody else. I won't think he would do something like that. I hope he would never do something like that. You know what I mean? But at the same time, we gotta I gotta make sure that when he does that, try to shut it down and try to talk him out of it, talk him, talk him down and make him understand what he did is not the way to handle the situation. And unfortunately, the grandparents of that kid, because I'm not sure his parents were involved in his life or not, because the grandparents made the pleads. So I don't really know too much about that, but his grandparents making the plead, well, maybe. You should have been a little more there for make this kid think that stabbing a cheerleader is okay. I get it. I've been a teenager before. Teenage girls are cruel. <laughs> they are cruel. I get it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I never thought I wanted to go to school and stab someone. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, I, I that's, that's well, I guess, life. I guess that's my point. Like, I think, and I think what you're you're taught, you're 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 arguing heavily on the nurture side, right? Um, and maybe the reason why I never considered killing, like I never considered killing anybody was because I knew the consequences because my parents informed me of those consequences. But I mean, I think, I think most people can say that they've at least considered harming someone because whether it was like the bully that messed with them at school or, or whatever, like everyone has that, that flash of rage. You can't help it. Right. But we're taught to constrain ourselves or to express our, that anger and more in a, in a, in a, in a more positive way. And if it has to come to fighting, it comes to fighting. But at the end of the day, people, people are, should walk away from it. So, but I, I, I never... I, I think never this once world is too hard to... I guess my point is I never, I never is once considered... I never the case for nature. What's that? Well, I guess here's the thing, right? Like, uh, so, so as, I mentioned, as I mentioned, right, so there was a, there was a great debate on Intelligence Squared... Uh, um, and even though this is, you know, we're not sponsored, but 
I'm going to make a plug for this podcast because I think it's one of the best podcasts out there as far as like Harvard level debate and a variety of different topics. But they had a great debate on nature versus nurture. And what they found was that there have been case studies that have been conducted on twins separated at birth to see if like when they're raised in two different households, like do they become completely different individuals or are there genetic traits or characteristics that they share based on the fact that they're they're genetically linked? And what they found is that in almost all cases, like the twins did share certain behaviors, like behaviors, just solely that were never taught to them based on from their parents, right? Like these are two different sets of adopted parents raising two twins in isolation from each other. And they, what they observed is that like these twins like exhibited behavior, like, like behavior or very similar behavior about in certain things. That had never been taught to them. Um, so there are, there is, there are, is there is evidence that shows that there are our behavior is based on our genetics, right? Like it's it's ingrained in what makes us, right? Now the nurture comes into it in that, like if I do have a nature that is evil, for lack of a better term, my parents hopefully identify those traits early on as I grow up and tell me that. That's wrong, and here's why that's wrong. And as I grow up, I be I temper those, I temper those tendencies, right? Like a like a shark can't help but be a shark. It's in its DNA. Like a shark is a shark, right? What makes us different is that like even if we're born to be killers, which we are, we're all predators. Like we as animals, we are predators. We are we don't, we are we are taught that there are a set of social norms and that we have to live by inside society, right? So like. Was this a matter of the parents failing to recognize that their son was potentially a murderer and then teach him uh, like social societal norms? Or was this a kid that was taught that there are societal norms and I'm going to completely disregard them because deep down I have this I have this proclivity toward violence. That's interesting because like their proclivity towards violence is that passed down through like a parent would like almost like you know when they say your history your family has history of high blood pressure so like your aunt has it your mom has it well then chances are you have you can't have it as well because it's a part of that your dad like uh woody harrelson's dad was a serial killer so like woody harrelson has the tendency in him to be one if he decided to be one, if he I mean, mentally wanted to be one, it's, I mean, I mean, there, there, I mean, obviously there are plenty of examples where, you know, where children are 180 out from their parents, right? Like your parent, maybe your parent is the worst, maybe you have the worst dad in the world, you know, but that doesn't necessarily sign you up to be an awful dad, right? Like you can be a better dad or, you, you know, but my, I guess what I'm saying is like, but, but we are, we are like our behavior is it's chemicals, right? How we be, how we behave and how we see the world and how we interpret the world and all our feel all our feelings, they're all chemical reactions inside our brain. Like it's it's all chemicals, right? So, and what makes those what what makes up those chemicals and how they interact is your genetics. Like your what so like anxiety can be transferred from inside your family. Like like we know it is fact that like you can like you can pass down certain mental characteristics to your children because it's all, it's all chemicals if there's a chemical imbalance inside of you 
that makes you anxious or makes you like depressed or makes you like violent, that is a trait that can be passed down to you because it's all chemicals. Okay. All right. I can see that. I mean, but then it comes down to it. Like, uh, like for me, like my dad was an alcoholic mm -hmm. and for me, it comes down to choice. Like I have, and you know, I have a strong alcoholic tolerance. Yeah. You know, I could put it, I could put it down for a while and I could drink with the best of them, but I don't drink often. My wife even says like, you don't even, you don't barely drink ever, you know? And cause I made a choice that I don't want to be that person. Cause I right. saw my dad be that person. Now that possibly I could be that person. And that's, so, I, mean, I don't know. It, it's, um, it's definitely an interesting case study. It's hard to test though. Sure. And, but, and I'm not saying it's solely nurturing. It would take years. Right. And I'm not saying it's solely nature. I think it's 50 50, right? Like, I think, like, you know, what, what nature, where there, where, where the gap is in nature, nurture fills that gap and vice versa. Right. Like, you know, cause, okay. but that's only if you're in a nurturing environment. You know, I mean, um, and like you said, like we've already discussed, right? In today's society, so much, our, so much of our time as parents is distra is is distracted from raising our children because it's work. It's, it's you know that key, like when you when you we spend twelve hours a day at at, at a job, right? Unfortunately, we don't spend more like and, and then really, you know, between the time we're home and the time our child goes to bed, you maybe have six hours at home with your child, right? Like so, I mean. Unfortunately, that is a distraction. Like you know, so I'm not saying this guy's parents should be sent to jail. I just think that, like, unfortunately, they they're probably just, they had, they're, they're probably distracted by other things and they didn't recognize these behavioral these behaviors. The other students then, the students probably should have said something like, "Hey, dude, told me today he pretends to kill somebody." Like, and that's something else we got we got to teach our kids too. Like, if you hear stuff like this, you need to say something. Um, so I, I guess it was, just, you know, uh, you know, this is obviously all philosophical. I, it just was something that I was thinking about when I read this article because I was so blown away by it. Like, because I just couldn't at fourteen, I just could never imagine. Like, even if a girl rejected me, I just could never imagine doing this thing. And at first, I thought it was completely reactionary. I mean, it was a crime of passion. But what they said was premeditated. I was like, wait, this kid actually planned this? Like, how do you get to a point in your mindset that that when you wake up in the morning, like when I was when I was fourteen years old, and I woke up in the morning, and the first thing I thought about was one, I have to go to school. That sucks. But when I get home, I get to play video games, or I get to go do this other thing, or I'm going to see my buddies. Like, it never once occurred to me, like when I got up this morning, I'm going to kill someone today. Like, I'm going to walk somebody into the woods and stab them to death. Like that blows my mind. How you get to that point at fourteen? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, when you just talking about this subject, made me think of um a friend that me and you knew uh, went to high school with um, Sarah Douglas. You know what I mean? When, yeah. yeah. She got, she passed away years ago. Her, her baby's father. I remember her. reading we, about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I showed you. Yeah. We were, we, were, we all three of us worked at just depending at the same time. And. But, this, but, we, but, but, that's wild. Um, but even then, like we were, I think that, I mean, it's sad regardless, but that was an adult situation. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, it was a dull situation, but yeah. it was, and, it was and, definitely and I, sad. I think, it makes me think of like premeditated murder. Like you just wake up and do something like that. You think it's okay to do something. Yeah, I mean, crazy. obviously, murder is never wrong, no matter what. But as an like adult, like an adult situations are a little more complex. 
but at 14, like, I understand there's a lot of societal pressure on you, but at the same time, like, I just I think back to when I was 14 and the things that I was going through, and never once did it ever cross my mind that, like, I need to kill someone today. Like, that just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But at any rate, so we're coming up about now, about an hour. Um, I, I appreciate this discussion. I know this was not all happy and glad, but I, I think we had some good talk today because it was interesting. I mean, we talked about a lot of interesting things. Um, hopefully we can find some happier topics to talk about next week. But I just, I just, I, you know, when I, when I hear, when I read this stuff and I think about me as a parent and the, my interactions with Alex, um, I just, it makes me think about these things, you know, and like, um, and I just want to get, you know, especially now you, you, you being a stepdad to an older child. And then also you're about to be a, a dad to a, obviously an infant, like, what your thought? I'm just curious what your thoughts are on them. Yeah, I feel that, you know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, it's a harder subject, but I mean, it's something that you have to come to terms. You have to be an adult about and understand where you where you live at. And I hope that um, people listening, you guys take a second to listen, think about it, too, and um, see what your loved ones look like. And even for friends of yours that have children and see how they handle things because it's, um, you know, that we got to get back to reaching out to each other and make sure that we're mentally there for each other to help each other out. And I think too, like so much of parenting needs to be like just talking to other parents too. Like, like every time I see a dad who I think has got it right, like I, like we have a friend here in the neighborhood. I, I just, I am in complete awe of how well their, his parent, like they have raised their kids. Cause they've got some of the most, they've got five kids and they're all so really well behaved. And like four of them are boys and one of them is a girl. And uh, they have done such a phenomenal job raising these kids. They're the night. They're the most. They're the politest, well, like well mannered children I think I've ever run across. And I just latch on to every time Paul tell like is Paul like shares like a nugget of wisdom. I, I latch on to it because I'm just like man, if I can do half as well with one that you've done with five, then I hope that I think I'm on a, on the right track. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Um, also guys, uh, let you guys know this weekend, uh, John Wick four came out. Yes, um, it did. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen it yet. yet I'm going to but... try to probably see it next two weeks. Yeah. Have you, have you heard it? I'm going to try to see it next two weeks, but everybody's saying it's an awesome film. Is it, is it the reviews are good? That's good. Cause I, I know, I mean, I love all three of them. Um, I think they're all great movies. I mean, but, uh, I'm was very excited about four especially with Donnie Yen, because I, I think Donnie Yen's amazing. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Hopefully I can see it sooner than later. Yeah, the reviews are absolutely amazing, and it's, it's and this film apparently is close to almost three hours long, and it's been cut, because it was supposed to be close to four hours long, and the director cut some of the film down, and his comment was the idea that people out here binge-watch Netflix series over a weekend, but complaining about a three-hour-long movie. That's all action. Like, it's, there's some story plots in there, but it's the it, this is the last movie of the franchise. If if not, I'll say franchise of the John Wick franchise because next year they have the ballerina spinoff. They have um, another spinoff about the um, about the hotel manager Winston as well. Uh, but this movie's supposed to end it all. They said it's amazing. Big set pieces, big fight scenes, highest body count of every film. It's supposed <laughs> to be the, the 
best of the best. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. And then also, I want to give a small shout out to uh, Dead to the remakes out there. You got Dead Space and uh, Resident Evil Four. Um, both those games recently came out, probably within a two month period of each other, and they are remakes of the originals. But these are remakes done the best way possible with upgraded graphics, new mechanics. If you're an old head that's played those games, man, I love Resident Evil. You play Resident Evil 4 on your GameCube, or you played uh, your Dead Space on PS3, and you're looking for a great experience um, with upgraded graphics, I would highly recommend those two games right now. Um, I never really played those games, really, ever. I'm not into horror games. That's not my thing. But I watch gameplays of them, and these gameplays are amazing. The graphics look good. The gameplay looks fantastic. Everything looks really flawless. Even the people that are like, yeah, I play this game, and they're talking about their memories of playing the game, and they're, and they're shocked by what's happening. They're like, oh, I, I don't remember this, because they're giving them something new. And it's, that's the that's the best way to do remake, other than doing a one-for-one copy like they did with Last of Us, yeah, um, yeah. remastered and stuff like that. So. Um, if you're if you're gaming and you're looking for two games to buy, these would be the hot games as of right now. Yeah, I, um, I know right now, right now we've been playing in our house. We've been playing the new um, Hogwarts Legacy game, the uh, oh, know, yeah. Harry Potter game. That game is actually a lot of fun. I like it a lot. It captures all the best, all the cool stuff about the the movies and the books, and allows you to kind of put yourself in those situations. It's a completely unique story, completely separate to anything we've seen previously so there's no connection to the books there's no connection outside the fact that you're just in that world but there's no like connection to like you know the Voldemort story or the Harry Potter story it's completely unique uh and it's it's a lot of fun it's you know it's a great open world game allows you to do a lot of fun things that you see in the movies um and and read about the books so highly recommend that Uh, the other game I'm very interested in trying that I'm, I'm waiting on uh, to finish, oh, well, I want to wait. I want to finish Hogwarts first before I get into another game. But I want to check out the new Diablo Four. I saw that uh, broke. Diablo uh, Four isn't out yet. It's just the beta. Just the beta. But I've seen some. But they've been talking. They've been reviewing the beta gameplay, and, and what I'm hearing is pretty positive stuff so far. So I'm curious. I, I have. Um, I have got. I have. I'm. Um, I've been playing Diablo beta in my spare of the spare sliver of time I have. What are your to thoughts? Play it at, <laughs> my beta is the true beta experience. Uh, my the, the graphics look really good, and I understand that for, I haven't really got too far in the game. But like my like screen is kind of jacked up. I had the game crash like three times me one day. I tried to boot up. I was thirty minutes in a queue to get into the game at one time, like twice this past weekend. Uh, my level bar doesn't come up really. Sometimes things are glitchy. Some some of my like my key sensors what I was to do. For key stuff didn't work. The first weekend they were actually doing the beta, I tried to use my uh, uh, my controller. My controller wouldn't register at all, so I had to use the, the mouse. I, I did mouse and keyboard. This weekend the controller actually um, responds. So I'm like, okay, that's something. So I'm actually able to. This past weekend I played for like maybe 35 minutes, and it's you know it gave a you know it, it was actually responsive, and I was able to figure out the controls a little bit faster. But understanding the full functions, getting the full breast of the game, I wasn't getting it. I wasn't getting it. And it's still very much it feels like a alpha into beta. Cause it's like it feels I never I never experienced personally speaking a beta that's kind of broken as it is, or not as clean cut as it is. But I mean, it looks like 
what they're doing is you could play the game over the weekend. Um, on the weekdays, they shut it down. So then they could do repairs on it. And then another weekend, bam, you could play it, then go back. And then co- they keep going back and forth till the original, the, the date it drops is in June. Nice. So, okay. I mean, outside of all the glitches and stuff, I mean, how has the gameplay been though? Oh. Like, Oh, so beyond the glitches though, the, the graphics look really good. Um, I, I just, it looks like a lot better story driven than Diablo three was, um, you know, I, I played I put a lot of hours in Diablo three, maxed out all all the characters and bonus characters and whatnot. Um it, it looks really good. The graphics look good, um, killing enemies look good. It's a quite a very dark game. It's not uh <laughs> not a fun uh, story, uplifting story. It's a dark story there, you know, uh, very uh very dark like that. But it looks good and looks the idea what this game is going to become you're going to have a lot of customization options from tattoos, paintings, hairstyles, eye colors, facial structures. And like to give you all this person just for your person, you know what I mean? And then you have all the other stuff, your weapons, standard stuff where you're picking up stuff, picking up loot, dropping loot, selling loot, you know, and that's the dopamine of finding the better weapon always. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I look forward to it. And then, of course, in uh, next month we have the new uh, Jedi Fallen Order sequel, Jedi Survivor, which I love. The first, the first game, Jedi, um, uh, um, what was it? Shit, the first one. Anyway, the first one that came out. Yeah, it was Fallen Order. Fallen yeah. Order. Thank you. Was amazing. I mean, great story, great gameplay, like very well balanced gameplay on top of it too. Like, you know, still gave you all the cool Jedi powers, but didn't make you like like a Jedi God, like Force Unleashed did, uh, you know, really just fun, really compelling story, you know, connected to the main universe, you know, kept in, uh, inside, you know, fits inside a canon really well. So I'm excited about that next month. So I'm trying to wrap up Hogwarts before the end of next month so I can, you know, pick, pick that up when it comes out. If you're playing on PC, um, go on Steam. I would recommend going to Steam. I don't know when you hear this podcast, but I'm pretty sure the sale ends on the 28th. So I think it's maybe a, like, it's pretty much two more days left here. The game is on sale for Steam. The Fall um, uh, Jedi Fallen Order for four dollars. Oh, nice! That's awesome. Cool. It's four whole dollars, so you can get a you get a AAA game for four dollars on Steam. So that's you can't miss that. That's I I told a couple people in my job, and they're like, yeah, yeah. They my friends went and bought it. Some people I know, so they're like, yeah, they're interested in it. Get it's like four dollars. You can't beat it. Yeah, why not? Because yeah. a week from now, it'd be fifty dollars again. So yeah, yeah. So get the, as um, as possible. Oh, one thing I'll mention as well is um, Avatar: uh, Way of Water comes out on Tuesday on digital. So we're gonna pick that up. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I've heard good things. I mean, you know, everyone seems to be love love this movie. Um, so I'm I'm excited to catch up on the on the on the world of Pandora. Uh, and so we'll see what happens there. But have you seen it? Did you see okay. that movie? I have. I have not seen Way to Water. I'm waiting for it to turn to go to a streaming service, and then I'll uh, check it out. Okay. It'll probably. I think there. I think that. I don't know if they'll. Um, Disney Plus might get. They might end up on Disney Plus if I had to guess. Be that or Paramount feels like. Oh yeah, um, it's not. Peacock's yeah. been getting. Peacock's been getting some movies too. Yeah, so I uh, be they had that. Movie, they had just had that movie. Um, Knock on the door. That's on Peacock yes. now. Yes, I just that? we saw that today. How was we that? Saw it today. Was it good? It's 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 alright. I, I, I it was okay. On Netflix, what did we watch? 
Oh man, I can't remember the name of it, but it was about the kid who got kidnapped with the and the and this the detective. It's with Helen Hunt. I don't remember the name of it. It's just brand new on Netflix. Just came out. Oh, are you a Luther fan by chance? Idris Elba. Yes, Luther? and there's a new season coming. Hers new season coming. Well, there's a movie that came out on Netflix. Did you watch it? Oh, is it out now? It's a movie. Yeah, it's it's good. You gotta check it out. I didn't know about that. I didn't know the. I didn't know it was a movie. I knew there was doing something else. I saw a trailer. I saw a poster on it on on a. I saw a poster of it on um, Twitter. Yeah, I love Luther. Luther's great. Even though Luther, he gotta quit that woman because that woman's bad bad news for him. Yeah, but she's not, she's <laughs> he not in quit the movie. that woman. Yeah, she's not in the movie, right, but the okay. movie's good. Check it out. I watched it. I downloaded it and watched it on the flight out to Japan, and it was, I mean, just just good storytelling. I mean, Luther's always good. So yeah. Okay, uh, that's, that's, I'm, I'm probably gonna try to do that Tuesday. Yeah. Cool. And Andy Andy Circus is in it too as the main villain, and he's awesome. So. Oh yeah, Andy Circus is great. I love him. He's awesome. But all right, man. Well, I'll let you go. Um, always, uh, again, always compelling conversation. Really enjoyed this one, uh, even though it was a much harder topic. Yeah, it was good, man. It was great. Yeah, but um, other than that, man, I'm Mr. Fig, and I miss a lot. All right, brother, take it easy. All right, you take it easy.